You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. No, 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 no. I was going to say something really funny, but I've decided not to. Adrift. With Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hello, you cheeky fast cat. What? It's one of um, Judge Formby's catchphrases. Uh, oh, really? Okay. I think my Auntie Eileen used to call me a cheeky fast cat a lot when I was little. Oh, Auntie Eileen. Oh. I wonder, wonder if, like, thinking about it, fast cat is a substitute for bastard. Hey, you cheeky bastard, you cheeky fast cat. Right. You know, like a lot of those sort of clean, yeah, yeah. clean versions of swear words mm. from back in those days. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, have I dragged it down? Or <laughs> I might start using it. <laughs> um, so this morning I, I went out on the bus. Oh, yeah. And I went on the top deck, as, as I generally do. Mm. And the best seat was occupied. Now, where do I mean? The driver's seat at the yes. front, pretending you're driving the bus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, either of the ones really mm. above the driver mm. in the, with the window is, is the best place to be on the top yeah. of a double-decker bus. So so I couldn't sit there, so I went mm. and sat next to somebody else mm. um, further back. But then, mm. a few stops into my journey, yeah. the front seat came free. <laughs> right, right. What do you do in that situation? Oh, this is what you do, and there is no alternative. You sit there and wish you had the nerve to go and take that seat, but you do not go and take that seat. That's exactly what I did. Oh! So why is that? Is it because it looks immature? It looks babyish. <laughs> it does. It looks babyish and it's embarrassing, but you just sit there dying to do it, but not having the nerve. Yeah. I also, wonder, I also worry... This happened to me before now. I'll be sitting next to somebody and I'll be in the aisle and they'll be slumped against the window. Mm. And really, if I can't get that front seat, what I want to be is slumped against the window. I just want to be slumped. Right. I don't want to be using any of my muscles to stay upright. I want to be just supported by the window, the wall, whatever. Mm. But um, I, I, I then worry if a seat comes through where I could slump, that the person sitting next to me will think it's something about them that has caused me to move. Yes. I know. And actually, there have been occasions where I have moved because of that person because they're eating something I don't like or they smell or something. But I find I need to kind of try and pretend that it's otherwise because I don't <laughs> want them to know, even though that's the truth. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's, a weird, I, 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 it's especially bad for me if it's somebody from ethnic minority. Oh. 
because I worry that if I move, they might think that I've moved because I'm a racist. Oh, no. No, there's nothing. There's nothing. You, I'm not a racist, but I would yeah. like to go and sit over there. There's no good facial expression that conveys that, None. is there? Even with my fantastic range of facial <laughs> expressions. So that was the bus journey. Where was I going? I was going to the British Library. Oh, nice. Lovely. And I was there because I do this radio show which goes out in America on Sirius Radio mm. for the official Beatles channel. Yeah. And they have some great Beatle artefacts at the British Library. So I went to interview a curator there oh. about all these handwritten lyrics and um, fan club membership cards and so on that they have there in various recordings. So so the interview finishes mm. and I'm, I'm not feeling great today. My tummy is a bit dicky. Mm. And... I can feel that I need to let some gas out. Okay. So the British Library is, as you'd imagine, it's quite quiet. Mm. It's a library. We're mm. in this room. It's called the Treasures Room. Mm. And it's got, you know, this Beatles section. There's a Shakespeare section. There's old maps and old documents and early books and so on. And and you're in amongst these very, very important artefacts. Right. And, and people treat it with... A certain amount of reverence, so it's quite quiet in there. So I'm worried that if I just let it go, you can't. I can't. Know. You know, it's 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 <laughs> going to yeah. draw attention to myself. So I look and I see there is a room off to one side, right, on its own. Yeah. So I think, great, I'm just going to go in there <laughs> and and right, you know, <laughs> do what you have to do. Do what I have to do. Yeah. yeah. Um. Which is what I do. I go into this room and I've been holding it in so much at this stage that as soon as I step into this room, I, I just, I mean, it's it's a proper bum trumpet stuff. Right. It's, it's a, you know, it's, okay. a, it's a long note on the bum trumpet. <laughs> right, okay. So two things immediately happen. Oh, God. One is I notice, I can hear that somebody has come into the room just behind me. Oh, no. So I'm in a dead end, like a small room, yeah. which somebody has... Definitely, definitely just heard me go in there oh, to break wind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The second thing I notice is I'm now standing it in front of the actual Magna Carta. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of message do you think that conveyed to the person behind you? So it just looks like the person behind me that I've got in there to teach the Magna Carta a lesson. <laughs> this is what I think of you. Yes. <laughs> module of the show with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port in a program called Adrift. Can you get with it yet? All right, please share your stories with us. Email hello at adriftpodcast.com. Firstly, from Chris Price. Here is my story of when I told a lie and then was forced to live by it. Once, when I was between permanent jobs, I took a temping job at a vending machine company in their accounts department. I didn't expect I would work there for a long time, so I didn't take the job at all seriously. At the end of my first week there, I really wanted to have Friday afternoon off to go to a concert, but I thought the boss might say no, so I decided to pull a sickie. I didn't want to call in sick in the morning because as I was temping and paid by the hour, I would lose a whole day's money, so I decided to fake an illness halfway through the day. At lunchtime, there were cakes for someone's birthday brought out, so I ate the biggest cream cake that I could see, and then a while later disappeared. I spent a while in the toilets, and then went back to my line manager and said I'd been sick and would have to go home. Here is where I made my big mistake. I said that I must have had an allergic reaction to something in the cake and that it happened before. 
I go to go home that day and to the concert. But from then on, whenever it was someone's birthday or a celebration and cakes were brought in, which was at least once a week, my manager would remind me of my allergic reaction. I wouldn't be able to have one, including when it was my own birthday and I was still expected to bring in cakes, but I couldn't eat one. The week after the concert, I was offered a full-time job there and ended up working there for eight <laughs> years. Eight cakeless years. Ah, uh, that manager knew. Do you think? That is my theory, That's yeah. so evil. Don't forget your allergic yeah, reaction. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Who, who would blink first? Yeah. yeah. Okay, this is from Adam. This is a story about a very close friend of mine who wouldn't normally fall into the category for people who have social issues, former singer and guitarist in Mel Bang, worked really hard to become a senior leader in school, a bit of a lad when called upon, and rugby player. He ended up on a weekend rail ale trail, a popular pub crawl on a rail line where there are a number of real ale pubs in the stations or nearby. He ended up getting on well with a guy who he'd never met before, but on the trail as they were mutual friends with the host. My friend's name is Alex, but this guy had misheard this as Ellis. Not thinking too much about it, as they'd probably never see each other again, he just went along with it. As the day went along, this guy got friendlier and friendlier, and as a nice guy, Alex humoured him. It was only when he asked Alex if he was on Facebook, and he immediately said yes, that the problem came about. In a bit of a panic... He changed his name on Facebook quickly <laughs> and thought no more of it. Twelve months later, Alex is still Ellis on Facebook and it seems he has no plans on rocking the boat by changing it back or just deleting him as a friend. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And finally, it is from Thomas, who lives in Celebration, Florida. It's a, name of, a great name for yeah, town, absolutely. isn't it? Yeah. And this is a blurting out story. I grew up in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Did I say that right? I think so, yeah. Good. Okay. Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Okay. I don't think there's any of those words you could have potentially got wrong. Iowa. Oh, right. Now you define it. Iowa. <laughs> no, you're right. Iowa. In the fourth grade, I, be- I began dating a girl named Stacy. Now, when you're nine years old, in the fourth grade in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, dating meant calling someone on the phone after school and talking about people from school. Also, Stacy assured me. It was 1978 and I didn't have any other frame of reference, so I acquiesced. On our very first phone call, we started talking about our families, where we'd lived, that sort of thing. I asked her when she was born and she said April 10th, which is my birthday. Astounded, I responded, hey, that's my birthday too. There was silence on the other end of the phone line. That can't be your birthday, she said. Why would you lie to me about that, she said. And then she hung up. I tried calling her back. A very angry-sounding mother picked up the phone and told me to never call her daughter again. (laughs) But April the 10th is my birthday, I said to the sound of the dial tone. Months went by. I got it into my head that there was a simple and direct way for me to prove that I wasn't an awful person trying to, I don't know, lie my way into a deeper, more connected relationship with a fellow (laughs) nine-year-old. You see, the teacher, when it was anyone's birthday, would read out that person's name in the morning, then the class would utter a rousing happy birthday. I knew that on the date of April 10th, I would have a great day filled with presents and good cheer, but I'd also be vindicated. Finally, April 10th rolled around and when the teacher called out my name that morning and everyone said happy birthday, I waited a beat and blurted out, not a liar. (laughs) The room got really quiet. The teacher looked around trying to spot the source of my ire or even a reasonable explanation for why I would yell out such a thing. Finding nothing, she sighed and continued to read the morning announcements. It didn't dawn on me until later in the day that Stacy, my erstwhile scorned girlfriend, had moved away from Iowa some three months earlier. 
I still stand by my actions. It's the principle of the thing. We should make it a mission to track down Stacey. Yes, and say, look, that was his birthday too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you could send us your birth certificate and her surname, (laughs) we'll do the rest of the donkey work. We would love to hear from you. If you've got any stories like this, blurting stuff out, humouring people. I love that story about Alex changing his name to Mm -hmm. Ellis. So being too meek to correct somebody. Mm -hmm. There's probably stuff that we can get into there. Definitely. Pretending to know what you're doing, shyness is nice and so on. Um, Please share your story. If you haven't already, uh, we would love to hear from you. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. This is your favourite programme, Adrift. With Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. All right, Porty Poos. (laughs) Hello. I've never called you Porty Poos before, I don't think, in all these years. But I really like it. Yeah, that could be, uh, we could transition Mm. away from Hamble into your brand new nickname, Porty Poos. I think I prefer Porty Poos. All right, Hamble. So um, you have prepared a story. Yeah. What's it about this week? It's about things that have happened on my doorstep. Okay. (laughs) Right. So the following incidents happened in my last flat. That was a flat that I lived in on an estate in Bow, East London. And it was a low-rise block, just three stories. So it was really friendly. We kind of all knew each other. And next door to me was an old lady who lived in the East End all her life. And once, as I was leaving for work, I said hello to her. She was just outside her front door having a cigarette. And then I was stuck for the next 45 minutes while she told me in great detail about how her husband had died, including a reenactment of the death rattle. No. Yes, which she finished with, and his death was the best thing that ever happened to me. (laughs) (laughs) There is a generation of women Yes, that's the stock thing when the husband dies. It was like, oh, and then my life began. I hated him. I hated him so much, but they, they didn't divorce in those days. So I ended up being really late for work because it's hard to interrupt a story about someone's death, isn't it? Really hard. Unfortunately, she was also extremely racist. And I was once going to the bus stop at the same time as her. When we got there, she said loudly, look at them, all these. And then a very bad racist word. And because I was with her, I looked racist too. And I was too cowardly to tell her off. So I just tried to convey with my eyes that I didn't agree. And I think I just looked horrified, which, you know, standard reaction there. Anyway, back to my doorstep. And the time that three people knocked on my door, two men and one woman, the men were in suits and the woman was in a nice dress. And one of the men flashed a card at me and then he told me that he'd been authorised to give me free internet access. He just needed to come in and make an adjustment to my router or router. How do you say it? Router. Router. But it's router for any American listeners. Fine, yeah. Now, the first alarm bell wasn't the free internet access bit. The first was that he smelled of alcohol, which didn't seem right to me. (laughs) But it was also a bit weird that three people needed to come in and do this. Almost like it was one to pretend to do something to my router, one to distract me and one to steal all my worldly possessions. (laughs) I probably should have made a citizen's arrest, but instead I just said, oh, no, thank you. And he sort of gives me a look of mixed of mixture of shock and disgust, saying, you don't want free internet access. I mean, what am I supposed to say to that? I mean, I probably should have said, no, this is obviously a con. But instead I say, no, I'm happy paying. <laughs> I did keep an eye out for my neighbour because they went and knocked on her door next. And even she wasn't falling for it. And I'd say she was pretty much their target demographic yeah. there. I do feel they could have tried harder though. They could pretend I won a competition or something. Yes. Like, be a bit more creative. Okay, the final thing that happened on my doorstep is by far the worst. Mm. We're going back to early August 2009. Gordon Brown is is Prime Minister. Gorgor. Yeah, Gorgor. Michael Jackson has recently died. It's been announced that teletext is to be discontinued and there is a knock at my door around 10 on a Saturday morning. Somewhat unusually, I'm up 
and dress because me and my then boyfriend are about to go away for the weekend to Warwick. See Warwick Castle. Historic Warwick. Yeah, exactly. So it's quite early and I'm tired and hungover, but we've got a train to catch and we're about to leave the flat. So I open the door and there's a Labour Party canvasser. And I know they're a Labour Party canvasser as they're wearing a tabard that indicates this. However, this is not the first thing that I notice. The first thing I notice is there's some kind of disgusting substance trickling from her mouth and down her chin. And she waits longer than I consider normal before wiping it away, in that I probably had wiped it away before knocking on the door. <laughs> and then she does the whole, you know, who are you planning to vote for in the next election? And I tell her Labour, which, as it is, is true. Although, to be honest, if she'd been a UKIP canvasser, I would have said UKIP just to get rid of her. <laughs> And it works because it does get rid of her. So we can now leave. And I'm about to lock the door behind us when I look down and see on the left side of my doorstep a big pile of sick. This Labour Party canvasser has clearly been sick on my doorstep. She'd walked up to the door, been sick, and then instead of running away as fast as she can in mortification and horror and then never entering the neighbourhood ever again, she then knocked on my door and engaged me in a conversation, which I find both incredible and terrible. So I then had to clean up her sick with a hangover and I nearly missed my train. So as it is, I did vote UKIP in the next election. Not really. <laughs> but it was very disgusting. It's the person that sometimes gets in touch with you, but then you don't talk to them very often because you're just like busy. And it's not that you don't like them. It's just that you don't like them that much. So you just kind of lose touch and uh, go adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you may remember in one of our earliest episodes, I told a story about an impulse buy. And basically, uh, one night I was knocking around online, I saw the Muppets, of whom I'm an enormous fan, were playing at the Hollywood Bowl. And I bought plane tickets and expensive tickets to go and see the Muppets perform in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. I then had to justify this to my wife, who was away at the Edinburgh Festival at the time, which was... You know, it was it was a somewhat tense phone call, mm, mm. given that I don't strictly have a job. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, and, and the way in which I justified this was, Sarah, I've been a fan of the Muppets since I was a tiny boy. I love them. And in all this time, I've never known them play live. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Mm -hmm. And she was, I wouldn't say persuaded, hmm. but eventually we reached a frosty truce and she yeah. made peace with the fact that I'd spent all this money to travel to America and see the Muppets. Right. Last week, I wake up to a flurry of tweets. Yeah. Muppets playing in London this summer. No! <laughs> does your wife know? She does. It's, oh. uh, it's, uh, it's, it's been a cause of some marital disharmony. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let you get to see them again. Yeah. I'm for forbidden from no. spending money on Muppets tickets. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, just to uh, loosely segue into Patreon. Right. You know, you could help a lot if you listen to this and you don't yet support us on Patreon. Mm. Maybe if I got enough supporters to cover the costs of that ill-fated... It wasn't ill-fated. I had a great time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it just seems now, with mm, hindsight, yeah. somewhat extravagant. Yeah, you know, yeah. Cover some of the cost of that. Maybe that would help my marriage. Mm. Uh, you can support us at patreon.com stroke adrift. That's patreon.com stroke adrift. We should briefly mention your book as well. Oh, gosh, yeah, it's so exciting. So it's going to be in the shops on April the 19th. Um, and if you've pre-bought it, 
then you're getting it like in the next few weeks. You've been very busy. Yes, I've been fulfilling people's pledges. So people paid a bit more than you probably would normally for a book, which is amazing to help support it because it's crowdfunded. Um, And so I've been doing that, doing lots of handwritten notes. And tomorrow I'm doing a whole day of signing books, dedicating them to people and stuff like that. And have you got one thing that you're going to write in all the books? Well, this is a thing. I have no I need to have a think about what to write because otherwise I'll open this quite a lot of them. I'll open the first book and then I just have writer's block. <laughs> I don't know what to write. <laughs> and then I've got all these other books to do. So I think I want to do a nice personal ones. But you are somebody who, like like me, if a, a birthday card goes round, oh, you don't know what to write in ow, it. I'll sit there, sit there for hours thinking what to write. I know. So I need to pre-plan some things to write, don't Many I? Many thanks and all the best wishes, Annabelle. Yeah, that's on the handwritten note. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you could draw pictures. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, Maybe I, mean, I will do some drawings. I mean, it would technically be defacing people's books. Well, I mean, that's what dedication is really, isn't it? <laughs> I, mean, I know, it but I your can't... drawing is really something something else. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's true. They'll think that a toddler got into the batch. Yeah, okay, I won't do drawings. pressing plant. Yeah. Um, but that is very exciting. So if you did pre-order Annabelle's book, it'll be turning up soon. In the next few weeks. And if you didn't, you can buy it from the 19th of April. Yes, in shops or on Amazon or, yeah, the usual places. If you're insightful and aligned with this vision, you might be ready for the next phase. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Adrift. Something I think I've talked about before is the fact that I live in a neighbourhood where if people don't want things anymore, uh, instead of always just taking them to a charity shop Mm. or doing a jumble sale or a car boot, Mm. they just put them out on the street. Okay, is that not fly tipping? I think fly tipping isn't necessarily in front of your own house, is it? Uh... It's when you take something out, perhaps under the cover of darkness and chuck it in somebody else's skip. So it's like a free version of a yard sale. Yes, that's yes, what kind very, of what it very is. much like. Oh, okay, that. okay. Um, and and occasionally we've we've put things out. Mm-hmm. My wife, I think, has a strange idea of what people will and will not take. Right. So a while ago, she put a roll of baker foil out. What, what, why is she getting rid of that? It was cluttering up the house. <laughs> It was an outsized box of baker foil. She doesn't like excess stuff in the house, did she? She does not like I've, excess I've picked up on this. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So uh, on to this weekend. Mm. So my son has had for some time a trolley. Uh, so it's got a handle and then it's a little trolley full of blocks, wooden blocks oh, with yeah. letters and numbers on them. Yeah, yeah. You, you can picture what I mean. Yeah, yeah. And he really likes it, but... It either wasn't very well made to begin with or I did a bad job of assembling it uh. and the wheels kept falling off. Oh, okay, right. So for for a while it was very much a case of three wheels on my wagon and I'm still rolling along. Oh, okay. The fourth wheel went missing. We don't know where it went. Oh, right, okay. Um, and, and then more recently, wheel number three came off. Uh, at which point it becomes impossible to wheel it yeah. and the bolt and the washer and whatever keeps it in place are also lost, so mm-hmm. it becomes this useless object. Yeah, It's at this point that my wife decides to take out all the blocks, right. put them in a Tupperware container so he can still play with them. Right, okay. And then put the empty trolley right. with just two wheels Yeah, and then the third wheel sat inside the trolley. <laughs> so this is an option to make it to the three-wheeler. Out on the street. <laughs> right, that's just rubbish. It is just, just rubbish, rubbish, right? Yeah, yeah. So nobody would want that. No, no. And also, what do you think our neighbours think? Mm. I mean, we, we are making the... Ne- we're sort of neighbours from hell 
we're making the neighbourhood a less desirable place to live. I mean, property yeah. values have struggled a bit since Brexit and and since the Brexit vote. Mm. And I don't think she's helping matters. <laughs> but is she? Is that a normal thing to do? Is it an abnormal thing to do? Is it acceptable? What can you just leave out on the street? What can't you? I found out in this week's The Incident. <laughs> My wife's calling. No, it's Baker Foil, not Alpan. <laughs> Baker, look it up. Baker Foil. <laughs> Sorry about that. Gosh, she doesn't bloody listen. Sorry. What can happen? Stoke Newington. <laughs> Christ, what's wrong with a woman? I decided to seek the advice of Jeff Salmon. You might know him from TV's Four Rooms. He's an antiques and arts dealer. And basically, he is an expert at sniffing out objets d'art and artefacts uh, that other people might not necessarily see the value in. Could Sarah be right? Could the tat that she's leaving out on the street actually be worth something? Who would want it? Well, certainly. I'm not quite sure what the market in... uh... In three wheel trolleys. <laughs> no, no, don't. Uh, is that at present? But uh, I would suggest that the market would be pretty, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty low. Uh, but is it cheaper leaving it outside on the street than it is taking it to the uh, taking it down the local skip? I guess so, because I mean, you could go fly tipping and throw it in somebody's skip, I suppose. But if you get into taking it to the tip, we don't drive, so I'd have to take it on the bus or get an Uber, I suppose. But I mean, it just sat out there for days. It was, you know, bringing property prices down. It was making the neighbourhood. It was it was lowering the tone of the neighbourhood. No, so you know, I. I I sympathise with you, and you, know, you can't have the street. What does have to think? If every single house put something out on the street, yeah. Um, well, it's not going to help the street a great deal. No, absolutely. I mean, the street would look like a big version of Steptoe's Yard. That isn't what anybody wants, is it? Wait a minute. As Stoke Newington used to, but doesn't anymore, my dear. Well, it's getting that way with my wife. <laughs> Can I, can I ask you about, so in your professional life, what is, yeah. what is the thing that you have found mm. that other people thought was a pile of rubbish, nobody was interested in, and yet you saw gold, you saw its value and turned a profit on it? Okay, uh, I'll give you, two, uh, I'll give you two, uh, two examples. Yeah. Um, in my younger days, I used to go to Milan, to buy furniture um, and then bring it back here in a van. I used to get it up, reupholstered, sorted out, and it used to take a year from the time I actually bought it to the time I, that it was ready to put into my galleries. And then I realised, I got clever, and I then decided that the best way is not to do all that hard work, but to let others do the hard work <laughs> i'll give you an example i once there was a big shop in uh, it's not there anymore um there was a huge antique shop in bond street and i saw something there now this is huge money but it was sixty-five thousand pounds wow wow but it was a georgian desk but i'd never seen anything like it before in my life 
I ended up paying 65,000 quid for this, put it into Christie's, where the thing made 320,000. Wow. So you can, it's stop all, all your listeners who spend time in, uh, doing car boot sales. It's a wait. The time you spend looking for junk, mark my words, go to the most expensive dealers or go to the most expensive dealer, which is me. You can <laughs> buy from me. And just like I do, most of nearly everything I sell goes to America, to other interior designers who multiply my price by three. And I think I'm bloody expensive. Wow. So, uh, so yeah, I hope that's a little bit of advice. So, the, so these people trawling the streets of Stoke Newington, like looking at our um, three-wheeled wagon, they they should in fact be going down Bond Street with a credit card. I agree with you totally. Also, when I was a kid, um, about, I say kid, but I was in my twenties. I remember going around a few markets, and I did strike lucky once. I only struck lucky once in my life where I found uh, it looked like a bowl of beads. And amongst them was, uh, I don't know whether you've heard of, there's a glass company called Lalique. Right. And uh, Lalique, um, they're known for glass vases, but in the 1920s and 30s, they were known for making perfume bottles as well. And I found a whole collection. I think I paid probably about 20 quid, not even that. I paid 15, 20 quid for uh, probably 20, 30 bottles. And I think I put them into auction. I think the whole lot made, in those days, Something like 120,000, 130,000 quid. Whoa! Um, that, that, yeah, but you can count. These, you know, yes, hey, he did well. But it's not about, it's not about finding these little, uh, you know, think of that as winning the, uh, think of that as winning the lottery. Um, think of that as, um, th- it's, don't depend on, don't depend on the lottery. Depend on buying, selling, uh, turning up at someone's house, buying their four wheel, their three wheel tricycle. Um, you've just got to. It's all marketing. Keep it going. Keep those wheels turning all of the time. Get those three wheels on that wagon turning. That's it. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Computer sounds are awesome. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. I drift. I think I mentioned last week I had my in-laws come to stay. Mother-in-law, father-in-law, brother and sister-in-law. Is, uh, did we get into this last week? Is Sarah's brother's wife my sister-in-law? I think so, yeah. So did we get into that? We didn't, but I'm, I'm making a judgment now. Um, and and their two sons, Leo and Max, both under the age of three. Oh, yeah, three under three. So it's, yeah. it's been, been quite full on. Um, Sarah's brother and his wife and, and the kids left a few days 
uh, ago. So we just had Lynn and Joe for the last few days. And, and yesterday they very kindly said, would you like to go out for lunch on us? I said, oh. Absolutely. And I chose a place and I've got some regret. Oh, why? Firstly, the food was astonishingly good. But I just think these these are people who've been around a few decades. Mm. Like the, the world has changed a lot in the in the past 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. And I, as I get older, I don't like too much change. Right. So I can only imagine what it's like to be a septuagenarian. Septu- I can never say this word. I'm like you in specific. Septuagenarian. Right. And... Um, and then to be confronted with a, a vegan Mexican restaurant. Oh, okay. Might, yeah. might be a bit much. I mean, they yeah. seem to enjoy it, but what was I thinking of? Oh. You don't need exposing to that kind of thing <laughs> at that age, do you? Oh. For father-in-law. I mean, you know, Lynn likes new things. Joe likes familiar things. It wasn't a case of, do you have egg and chips? <laughs> it wasn't quite. <laughs> right, right. Oh, he doesn't do well with spice, but he's um, such a nice man, he would never say anything. Oh. So you just see him going pinker and pinker. Oh, don't. Oh. And, uh, and breaking sweat. Oh. So there was that. Um, I also went to a coffee shop with them the, the other day. We were going somewhere and we stopped to get coffee. And this thought, thought occurred to me. Latte art. Oh, okay. You know when you draw a picture about. on the with the with the milk, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know if it's like little bits of chocolate or, or coffee or whatever they do. Yeah. But do you think there's anybody who for whom after they've seen that kind of thing once mm. wouldn't just rather get the coffee a bit quicker? <laughs> completely agree with you. <laughs> the first time yeah. you see it, you think, oh, yeah. look at that. Yeah. And then the second time you think, I just want my coffee. Just do it. Yeah. Just pour me the milk and just give it to me now. Yeah, and yeah. yet since they started calling people who work in cafes baristas and, and there being some kind of prestige to it, yeah. you, you feel like to say that would upset the temperamental artist at work. Yeah, could you say, look, forget the art. <laughs> Just pour the milk. Yeah. I think they'd probably be glad. They're probably sick of it too. Do you think so? Probably. Now that you're listening, it's happening. Do you know it? Do you like it? When will you be here in the future? I will be here in the future. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. All right, we are about to issue some more rules. Rubber stamp the rules. Any more names come in for this yet? Yes, more suggestions. Mr. T on Twitter, I don't think it's that one, I think it's another one, suggests council conundrums and the smile council. I see what they did there. Yeah, 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 I'm not yeah. 100% sure it's totally worth it. Because the, the, the council is good, but yeah. the, the smile so, yeah, is, yeah, feels yeah. a little. Okay, from Lee, Lee Hayward's Drifter's Dilemmas. Drifter's Dilemmas, not bad. Amy says, what about calling the Drifter's question section Ship to Shore as we are adrift? Quite like that. Chris says, suggest his name for the rules section of the podcast, Situation Station, because you're always talking about the rules in a given situation and it rhymes. Yeah, I mean, this this could be the station. I have, we, go on. I have to say that, Quandary Corner is the one that's taking off. When people are writing in with them, they're saying, like Sarah does here, I have a quandary for Quandary Corner. But actually she says, I have a quandary for Quandary Corner at the Glatt Clinic. Could, right. could it be Quandary Corner at the Glatt Clinic? Clinic? And then that gives us space in the future to have other elements of the Glatt <laughs> Clinic. Just thinking ahead. Yeah, yeah. I'm also thinking as long as people keep suggesting different names, we could just keep doing different names every week. Yeah, that's, I'm happy with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so what do we have this okay, week? Okay, so this is from Sarah. 
She says, I'm going to change the names on the chance that a friend listens to this podcast. As a parent of children a little older than yours, I feel this might be an issue for you guys in your near future. So feel it's pertinent to discuss. I'm sure the rule that you come up with could potentially be applied to non-parental situations as well for those of your listeners that are not parents. The issue is this. Every weekday, I had to take my six-year-old Bob to school, which starts at 8.15, then my three-year-old Trevor to preschool starting at nine. These two locations are 13 minutes away from each other. And so given parking issues, etc., I'm always in a rush, dropping off Bob and fast-walking Trevor in the buggy back to the car to get him to preschool on time. So here's the issue. How, on this frantic buggy walk back to the car, can I stop friends talking to me? I get people catching me for a chat, which ends up lasting ages. I try to hold it off by keeping up my fast pace and beginning the conversation with, hi, I'm so sorry, but I've got to get Trevor to preschool. But I then have friends walking alongside me at speed, discussing things. And then when we get to the car, they continue, despite me putting Trevor in the car and strapping him in, putting the buggy away and standing next to the open car door, holding my keys. How can I get the message across without seeming rude when I've already said I've got to get going? I hate seeming rude and certainly am grateful for the friendship of these other parents. And I'm usually happy at any other time of the day to chat. But I'm finding this issue hard to deal with, given that I've tried both verbal and non-verbal strategies already. How can I be more obvious without being rude to people? Is there a secret code I should know about that I'm not using? Okay, I've got the answer. Oh, phew, because I don't. What is it? You're not going to like it. Go on. Homeschool your children. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, next one. No, I have to say, I mean, this this is a tricky one. This is, I think this is the trickiest one we've had so far. It's very, I don't have an answer. It's really hard. So I, I don't think there's a, because you, basically you've done the, you've done the correct thing. Mm. You've said, oh, I'm sorry, I've got to rush to get Trevor. Was it Trevor? Trevor and Bob, name? yeah, yeah. You've got to rush to get Trevor to, to preschool. Yeah. So you've done your bit. Yeah. And this is other people not following that social cue. Yeah. But you're a good person. You don't want to appear rude. Yeah. So. I think it's not a question of a a rule. It's finding something that will help you in this situation. Mm. And I think it's a hands-free kit, a visible hands-free kit for a mobile phone. You know, when people have got the microphone close to the mouth, it's hanging out their ear and stuff. Uh... And you've just got to be pretending to pretend to be talking on that the whole time. That is brilliant. Because then you've got your hands to push the yeah, pram and, yeah, and open yeah, the yeah. car and so on. And you can do but the you, kind of like thing go, oh, with your sorry, face. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I think brilliant. That's, that's the thing. Yeah. That's the answer. Thank you. Great. I'm very happy. Okay, next one. Mm-hmm. This is from Tiff, who labels her email Quandary Corner. Really has taken off. It is. I have a question about Facebook etiquette. A friend has recently tagged me and a few other people in a post about the difference in food between the UK and the US. I replied, and so did a handful of my friends and family. None of them were included in the tagging and don't know the person who tagged me. This makes me cringe and I feel like they're being rude. My friend, however, thinks it's fine because she got more opinions since more people replied. Who's right? So let me let me just lay this out. Mm. It's some kind of group? It's just a post on Facebook. Yeah. She's been tagged in it. Yeah. And then people who don't know the person who started the post have just been chipping in. It happens, doesn't it? So, so could so could, could, can you just ex, can you just explain this to me as if it was was me and you? Okay, so I've gone on Facebook. I know that's a hard thing to imagine already. <laughs> but let's try and imagine it's happened. Now, even harder to imagine, I've done a post <laughs> because I never have. So I've gone on Facebook. I've done a post, and I've said. What are the differences in food between the UK and the US? And then 
I've tagged you and your wife. Yes. Hoping that you'll answer me. Now, in the meantime, some friends of yours who I don't know, that I'd never met before and who I aren't friends, I'm not friends with on Facebook and aren't tagged, they start chipping in and saying, oh, well, I noticed that they eat a lot of Cheetos or something. I don't know. <laughs> That's not a good example. Mm-hmm. Is it okay for those people to start chipping in? It is. It is okay for those people to chip okay. in. I mean, like, what? Why? Why are they chipping in? I mean, they they <laughs> they need to sort of look look at their own motivation for doing it. But in the rule, in terms of the rules yeah, of things, yeah. I think if you're posting something publicly where it's popping up in other people's news feeds, yeah, yeah, then you've got to expect people to to post their comments even if they're unwanted if you don't want that to happen Mm. it's going to happen in a private message right yeah i'm afraid i totally agree with you i think tiff's only answer is to leave facebook really (laughs) which i think is a good answer for a lot of people (laughs) my wife and i Mm. um so i call her millennial wife because she's never off her phone oh is really yeah like you know if the the adverts come on the tv in the evening she's checking something even when the theme music's on something which i find annoying if you're watching something Mm. i think you should be in from the theme music yeah yeah not from when the action starts okay even if it's a long intro like game of thrones which goes on too long i think it starts we're in we're having this experience together they've done that for a reason haven't they to create the whole experience yeah so anyway, I call her millennial wife and right. she sometimes snaps back at me oh. that I'm never off my phone Yeah, and <laughs> I'm worse than she is. Right, yeah, I mean, I would so, argue that. So I installed an app on both of our phones yeah. called Moment, yeah. which measures how much time in any <gasps> given day you spend looking at your phone. Oh, and to compare. Yeah. And who's on it most? She's on it most. By how much? Like I mean, it's not, three not minutes. that long. No, but I mean, I think a couple of days it was only a few minutes. Other right. days it might be like half an hour or even an hour. Wow. But um, You win. Yeah, I do win. Yeah. Do you want to hear my metrics? I w- I'd be horrified to know how much you spend on your phone. Let's have a look. So... Yesterday, two hours, eight minutes. Wow. Saturday, an hour and 30. Uh, Friday, it says only eight minutes. I think what? something went wrong there. Very wrong. Thursday, one hour, 42. Wednesday, two hours, 36. Two and th- Tuesday, two hour, 51. Whoa, three hours. Yeah, I know. It's quite something. Although if I scroll back to Friday, the 16th of February, yeah. four hours and 14 <gasps> minutes. Are you writing a novel on your phone? <laughs> what? But my point is, yeah, you know, stacked up against hers. Hers is worse than hers that. Hers is worse than mine. Yeah. Wow. Oh. If you have a quandary, even I'm doing it now. I think it is just called Quandary Corner, isn't it? I like Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic. Yeah, that, that can be the long version. If if you would, if you have a quandary that you would like us to solve here at the Glap Clinic, if you want to know what the rules are for any given situation, then send us an email. And you might not like it. No, I mean the the Facebook rule. I, I imagine won't go down very well. But mm. um, Tiff, you know. You, you have to accept our ruling, our judgment, so. yep. as it's passed down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can email us, hello at adriftpodcast.com. And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to show your support. If you can pledge a little bit of money on Patreon, it makes all the difference. Patreon.com stroke adrift. 
Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music during the incident. And my thanks to the irrepressible Jeff Salmon for advice on this week's incident. He's quite a character. You can follow him on Twitter, at Jeff, and he's a J-Jeff. And yet we somehow managed to bridge the chasm between J-Jeffs and G-Jeffs. Jeff Salmon on Twitter, at Jeff Salmon. Uh, Or you can find out more about him and his various businesses online at jeffsalmon.tv. Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox are our announcers and made our idents. Patrick Gunning and Iwana Babu provided technical support. Kim Rainey designed our artwork and Carla Gowlett took the photos. If you haven't done it already, give us a review on iTunes, as long as it's a good one. makes all the difference. And if you haven't shared your story of social ineptitude with us yet, what are you waiting for? We'd love to hear from you, as would your fellow drifters. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. And that is the same email address if you have a quandary for Quandary Corner at the Glatt Clinic. And finally, thanks to the British Library for providing a little vestibule for you to go and break wind in the presence of the Magna Carta. Adrift. Adrift. All right, this comes from Steve Brace, who says, Ciao, Jeff and Annabelle. Ciao. Ciao. If it's not too late, can I please request a podication for the week before Friday the 23rd of February? It was too late as it was because it came in after uh, we recorded it. Well, this is as close as we can manage. Yes, and yes. I guess you've emailed Steve, I have, have you? Yeah. I'd like the podication to my wife, Danny, on the occasion of our seventh wedding anniversary. Her first podication was from your radio show for our wedding day in 2011. And I think there were one or two in the intervening years on our anniversary, but I never managed to be organised enough to get one in every year. I think there were some years in between there where we stopped doing podcasts. There well, was, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, with your new podcast, maybe it's the start of a new tradition, as long as you stick around. I hope we do. Ooh. A lot's happened since our wedding day. We now have two kids, two and four, and we've recently moved from London to Manchester. She's a northerner like you, Jeff, and I'm a southerner like Annabelle. I'm gradually adjusting to life in the barren north. I think it'll work out okay. But a couple of times I've been in Manchester recently, either for work things or other bits and pieces, and I do sometimes think I could, I could live a very nice life. Here. Oh right, a bit far for me to come for the podcast. This, this is this yeah, is the problem. Yeah. This is the problem. You and Ed Miller about. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. Stay, stay for us. Yeah. Uh, following the tradition from your radio show, I won't give you a compliment. But I'll say it's nice to see you keeping yourself busy. Yes, that's it is. great. It's very nice. If anybody wants to give us a compliment, yeah. that's that's the one, please. Yeah. Well, um, congratulations. I mean, firstly, moving north. Wonder whereabouts in Manchester you are. Mm. Um, should I give him some recommendations? No. Why? <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to hear this. Okay. <laughs> oh no, I feel bad now. Should I do an impersonation of a pilot landing okay. at Manchester Airport T- instead? Tell me about the best curry houses in Manchester. <laughs> I won't. No. no. Let's forget about it. You, Where do you think he lives? Do, do a prediction, and we'll see if we're right. I, I Just judge him by the email. Come on, you've got a feel for this guy. Come on. Where does he live? I've got kids two and four. We used to live in London. Moved from London. Uh, I'm going to say Didsbury. I'm going to say Didsbury. Okay. Well, let's see if you're right. Okay. Um, Steve, thank you for sticking with us. Danny, thanks for sticking with Steve. Um, <laughs> I hope you're en- enjoying the uh, the barren north, the post-industrial landscape mm. up there. I went for a, I was up there a while ago. And I went for a walk around. There was an area 
sort of north of the northern quarter, which used to be called Ancoats, but I think they're now calling it New Islington. <laughs> And it's so nice. Oh. Like the only time in the past you would hear of those streets as if um, like a, a beheaded, like a, a headless body had been found. Oh, right. Decapitated okay. head or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now it's like cool pizzeria and nice oh, streets and yuppie apartments. That's lovely. right, yuppies. I want to live in a yuppie apartment. Yeah, yeah. you do well there. Mm. Um, so, Steve, thank you for sticking with us and happy wedding anniversary. And there we go. If you would like a podication, you can email hello at adriftpodcast.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.